do this better or do that better. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, in many, many moons ago, we've had our first oversight and uh, called me once to tell me to change my website and then uh, called me twice for another reason and then that's the last I've ever heard from him. And uh, I thought, that's not oversight, but these guys are shepherds and pastors and great people. So why don't we give them a round of applause, just thank them and honour them. And I, I feel like I even had a word for, for you guys and your church and for you as well, Pastor Erica, and almost like a, as a catalyst for this word for the church. We were driving from Melbourne to Sydney on Thursday night and we, we, did, we just hustled. We put the three kids in the car after school and they're, they're pretty trained and routine into it and they know they're only allowed one stop. Uh, it's, it's, hey, hey, you can call Department of Human Services if you want, but they, 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 they do it. We, we, we do it. Yeah, we yeah. If you got it, no, they got the spirit of the Lord's over their bladder. It's it's just control. They're they're really cool. And uh, so we were driving, and I I'd, I'd I'd had enough. And uh, Shanti was she was doing the hard yard. She was doing the kind of nine thirty p.m. onwards shift driving. And uh, me as her faithful companion was sleeping on the side and uh, just getting a little bit of rest. And and I woke up, and we were about a couple of k's out of Goulburn. And uh, who knows where Goulburn is, the giant sheep that you stop at because Australia loves giant fiberglass items. Does Newcastle, do you guys have a, do you like, a, what do you have? A giant mosquito. There's a few of those around, and uh, that's for sure. And, uh, but we, as we were coming, a giant prawn, where's the prawn? Cent- no, you can't claim the Central Coast. Pastor Ryan's been trying to disown the Central Coast for the last two days. <laughs> Yeah, he's like from, yeah, and uh, no, he, he, not Newcastle, he loves Newcastle. He's proud of Newcastle. I noticed that about Ryan this week. He's proud of Newcastle. He's like driving me around the city. This is where this happens. This is this building. This is the history. But we're coming through Goulburn, and uh, just before Goulburn, there's a, there's a little creek, and uh, I like to read the signs of creeks and names, you know, and I just think there's, there's one sign that's about three hours into the drive that's literally of a town called How Long, and uh, I feel like that's the prayer every time, How Long, you know, kids, How Long to go, but there's this little creek, and the name of the creek was Run O Waters, and I, I, I read it, and something in my, my spirit, like, especially this is like 11 o'clock at night, so only the Spirit of God talks to me at 11 o'clock at night. I'm not listening to anything else, right? And so it, it grabbed my attention for some reason, Run O Waters. And I thought, that's a, cool, that's a cool name for a creek. And I felt the voice of the Holy Spirit begin to speak to me and say, it's, it's actually a word that I want you to take with you as, as you travel to, to this great church. And uh, for you in particular, Pastor Eric, like I said, as a, as, a, as a catalyst for this, and just wanted to encourage your spirit with that simple phrase, run, O waters. And John 7 says, He who is thirsty, let him come to me. And he who believes in me, as the Scriptures say, from his innermost being will flow streams of living water. And I felt like, as I was trying to process that, come, o, uh, run, O waters, I was like... Is it an imperative? Is it a command? And I just felt like it was just a permission to run, O waters. And you know, there's something powerful when we just allow that which is innermost to us just to run in the presence of God. Amen. And I felt for you, Pastor Erica, there's part of your innermost that still is 
you're still digging out kind of thing. But there is a well of living waters that will flow out of that in your own life, but also through into the life of this church and through this great city of Newcastle. So be encouraged for that run, O waters. And there's a freedom in that. You know, I was thinking about it, and uh, my, my, we got three beautiful boys. Jackson's our, our first child. Hamish is our second child. And Bennett is our third child. Who's got three kids? All right, let me give you, if you, I'll save you reading any parenting book. If you want three kids, let me give you the, the how to raise three kids in, in 30 seconds. Number one, first kid lives and dies by the rules. Number two, kid breaks the rules. And number three, kid doesn't know there are rules, right? That's, just, that's parenting three kids. But Hamish, my, my middle son, he, he's the rule breaker. And uh, he's, he's just different. He's a different cat altogether. And uh, I, I remember in summer, we went to the beach because we're from Melbourne and we don't have beaches, pray for us. We've got a bay and uh, it smells and uh, there's no waves. And so my kids, when they see waves, they're like, what? And so in, in Christmas time, we went down to, to uh, East Gippsland before the fires came through. And we went to the kids just like, can we go to the beach? Can we go to the beach? It was rainy and cold. And so we took them there and like Hamish, like, this is a kid that were like, Ham, sit still. Ham, just be quiet. Ham, just like, you know, just always having to confine his world. Because he's, you know, he's great. He can concentrate on he's like puzzles. He, he'll nail it. But he, if you give him a football or cricket ball, he's outside for 23 hours a day, right? And so he got to this beach and there was nobody on the beach, not a soul. And the waves were crashing in and the wind was blowing and it was like taking a dog off the leash, literally. And he was just screaming and yelling and it was like for him, he was free. For him, he was run, O waters. And I just felt like for you, Pastor Eric, and for your church, run, O waters. So if that fits, take it. If it doesn't, just throw it in the bin on the way out. Amen. And uh, so we're just going to get into this, this message here. And like Pastor Ryan said, uh, you know, I, I, I do this kind of wellness coaching. Uh, I'm a fitness professional. And uh, that's what I do for a job. That's what I do to serve my family. It's not what I love to do. What I love to do is is the ministry, is the kingdom of God. That's my passion. And so I'm a part-time uh, fitness professional, a part-time pastor, a full-time husband and father, uh, casual Ironman triathlete. That's what I like to do for my own wellness and fitness. And so I just live a life that's kind of really integrated and messy and got a whole lot of things going on. Can anybody relate to that? You know, have you found that life, you know, being human is, is, a, is a bit of an organic kind of mess. Uh, we, we want it to be structured and all linear and perfect, but it's really so much more than that. And so I don't, I don't really want to kind of talk about how to have a healthier life or a, a fitter body because that stuff's really prescriptive. And, and I don't think that's the, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't come to, to prescribe to us, you know, yes, he's the good doctor, but he doesn't give out prescriptions. Take a bit of this and you'll be better. No, he comes to give us life and life to the full, amen. So whether we're talking about mind, body, spirit, soul, there is a fullness that we find in Christ and Christ alone. And so I, I want to just kind of share a couple of thoughts about this idea and then just maybe hopefully create some space in our thinking for the Holy Spirit to breathe, amen. Because you don't need another sermon. You don't need another message. You can get great messages online. You can get stacks of information about your, your, your physical well-being online. But what, what is great about church is we can gather and just create a moment where the Holy Spirit can breathe in our lives. You actually need church more than you realize. You needed that moment of worship that we just had without even knowing you needed it. 
just to be able to come into the presence of God. Like Old Testament guys long for this stuff. Man, they, 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 they would be in heaven, envy of us, of their time on earth, realizing that, man, these guys get to come into the presence of God every single Sunday. You didn't have to bring an animal through the front gates there. You didn't have to sacrifice it. You didn't have to wash. You didn't have to, we hoped you washed, but you didn't have to, right? You, you didn't have to get all dressed up or whatever. And they, they used to write Psalms about it. Oh, that I might dwell in your house. Better is one day in your presence. Better is one day in your courts. One thing I seek that I might gaze upon. And, you need that. There is a yearning in your heart for that presence. So when we come into the house of God, it does us well. It does our soul well. It does our spirit well. And I believe it does your body well. Just to be able to just come and stop and rest in the presence of God lifts us up. So, so let's, let's go into some, some, some scriptures here and some thoughts. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage you. I think sometimes we can see our humanity as a burden. Whoever, who, who's ever felt the weight of your own humanity? But, but it's, it's a gift. The Bible talks about angels, again, being envy of us. Why? Because in our humanity, even though it's a mess, even though it's, it's chaos, there's also redemption in that. And in redemption, there is glory and there is hope and there is the Father and the Son and the Spirit working in our lives. And so I want to encourage you, don't be kind of like, oh, woe to me for I'm a man, you know, can't wait to get to heaven. Enjoy this life through the mind, through the body, through the Spirit and the fullness that Christ has for us, and let's let's realize that that hu- our humanity is what makes everything very good. Let me explain this. Genesis chapter one, verse thirty-one, day six of creation. Uh, God's created everything on the last day, or day six. We know He creates man, man and woman. Right? Who, who's with me? Who knows the story of creation? And the scriptures say that in, in Genesis one thirty-one, and He looked at everything that He had made. And it was very good. Now, I've always read that scripture wrong. Anyone ever read the Bible wrong? Yeah, we we do it all the time. Let's be honest. All right. And so I always read it that he created man and woman on the sixth day. And that was very good. Because previous to all the other days, except day two, we see the end of the day. It says, and it was good. So day six, it was very good. I always just made the connection that he looked at man and woman and said that was very good. But no, scripture says that. In the creation, after he created humanity, it was humanity that he looked at everything now, and all of a sudden, everything became very good. And so being human is actually a very good thing in the eyes of God. And sometimes we can discard our humanity and and try to only pursue that which is spiritual, but we are human and we are created to experience God in our humanity. Let's let's remember that our humanity and our our physical well-being, and I'll, I'll get onto this in a minute, is a gift from God. You are a gift. Your, your, your spirit, your soul, your mind, your body, these things are a gift from God. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift comes down from our Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And so I want you to start this morning, and if you have one takeaway, and it's, you know, whether it's about the broader subject of being human or even in the context of your, your physical stature and your body, Understand that it's a good and perfect gift from God. Now, there are days when it doesn't feel perfect. Can I get an amen on that? You know, yesterday morning, I went for a run around your your amazing city, and then we took the kids to play 
soccer, so we played indoor soccer, and I'm the kind of dad that just, I don't let my kids win. Any, any amens on that, right? If you're going to beat me, you got to beat me, right? I don't care if you're six. Like, you got to learn to win, son, all right? So, so I'm running around. Ryan, was, he was like the cool dad. He was just sitting at the back, just you know, passing off, letting goals in. And I'm just like slide tackling six-year-olds and pushing them into the fence and just teaching them the, the raw lessons of life. And uh, so we ran around, and then we went and did laser tag in the, in the jail. So I, I woke up less than perfect this morning, right? But every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father. Psalm 139, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How wonderful are your works. Hands up if you're a work of God. Hands up if that's your Instagram handle. (laughs) Work of God at follow, you know. But we are are wonderful works of God and we we can't denounce that because that doesn't glorify God. We've got to embrace that we've been created as these good and perfect gifts, that, that the body we have is a gift from God and it's a gift that we should use to glorify God. Amen. That our end purpose should be for the glory of Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. Colossians chapter 1, all things were created through Christ and for Christ. Hands up if you're an all thing. We're all things. I'm in the category of all things. And so I've been created and designed by a, a creator for purpose, for the glory of Jesus Christ. And uh, let's, you know, I, I want to say, let's embrace the fact that we, this, this life we've been given, these bodies we've been given are a gift from God that we should use to steward for His glory and not our own. That we actually live our lives in our physical being that glorifies our Heavenly Father. So let's go to Scripture, Matthew chapter 25. And uh, we got about 15 minutes here, and then I want to spend some time praying. And uh, we're going to read a great chunk of Scripture, and because uh, it's, it's good for you. Shoot, I believe in sermons that have a lot of Bible. Can I get an Amen. And uh, anytime I write a message, I make sure it's got more of the Word of God in it than my own thoughts. Because I've come to realize my thoughts aren't always right. Anyone else ever had that revelation? It's a bit of a saying that I, that I kind of propagate a little bit. Often wrong, never in doubt. Who, who lives like that? Right? Often wrong, never in doubt. But every now and then I, I realize that I, that I don't know everything. So the Scripture is what we, what we lean towards. Matthew 25 says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're his goods. Turn to the other person and say, hey, you've got the goods. <laughs> Opportunity for the single people right now. Make a connection. Remember, follow me at God's gift. And, uh, you know. and to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them. The NIV says, put them to work and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he, had received, who, he who had received five talents came and bought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 
He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here is what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take from one, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. And so I, I know this scripture doesn't talk about your physical body, but we've just established that what you have is a gift from God. And any gift that we have received from God is something that we are to be stewards of so that we can honor the Lord with it. So again, if you're a parent, your children are, are not there just to be your little mini unpaid domestic house workers. No, they, they are a gift from God. Just want to remind you of that. They're a blessing that we are to steward for His glory. And so anything, our, our finances are not ours. They, they are a gift from God that we are meant to steward for His glory and our, our physical being, our body, uh, is not our own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Okay, so, so serving God is just not a spiritual thing. It's, it's, it's all-encompassing. Mind, body, spirit, soul, all of these things are interconnected. You can't separate one and say, well, we're, we're, we're born again of spirit, so spirit is the only context that really matters. No, Scripture gives precedence that we are to honor God and to serve God with, with all of our being, mind, body, soul, and spirit. So, so I, I want to give you two choices that you can make with your body. And one will lead to glorifying God. The other will lead to glorifying yourself. And that's the constant tension of humanity, is the tension between God and self. His will versus my will. Who's ever noticed that your will doesn't always align with God's will? Of course it doesn't. That's the, that's the tension. That's the struggle we constantly find ourselves in. So the first thing you've got to understand is your body was designed to be put to work. Your body is an incredible machine. Your, your brain alone is an incredible, you know, for, for lack of a better word, computer. Like you, you were designed to work. And it's good when, 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 when your body works the way it's meant to work. You know, I, I often thank God for little things like, God, I thank you for how my brain works. Some of you are probably thinking, man, you, you need to be praying for a new brain. But, uh, but I, I like how my mind works. I thank God for those little things. I think, you know, my, I'm not saying my brain is a little thing, but, you know, in the grand scale of thing, it is, right? But I, I thank God because the body works and so, you know, we have to make the first choice. What are we going to do? Are we going to be active? Are we going to be putting to work this physical body or are we going to be lazy with it? Because that's what happened with the, with the parable of the talents. The first two guys were active. They put to work that which was given to them and the third guy was lazy. Now, I love to be lazy. Anybody else? Can I get a, you know, just a little, just a little, little something? 
I hate that I am lazy, but I love being lazy when I'm being lazy. Like, you know, it's, you know, I know it's not a good space to be, but it feels good at the time just not doing anything. But we've got to understand that this body's not created to be lazy. And, and four areas in terms of your physical well-being that you've got to be put to work and be active in is movement and mobility. You've you got to be moving. You've got to be mobile. You know, who's ever read the book Blue Zones? Anyone read the book Blue Zones? It's a study of seven locations around the world where they have the highest percentage of centurions, so people that have lived over 100 years old. And what you find with this is people that live to 100 they're not sitting down at a desk eight hours a day at a computer. No, they're, they're working. They're moving. They, don't, they, they travel to the market each day and they buy food and they climb hills to get back to their little villages. and all. We, we are designed to move. So when it comes to your physical being, simply just move more. You know, move more. Make, make a choice to move. Find, find something that you do to be, to be moving and to be mobile. And, and the, the benefits of physical activity are, are numerous. Just, just one alone, the Global Council of Brain Health, their, their, their expert consensus, this is what their website says, that their expert consensus says that physical activity has a positive impact on brain health. So just moving, just getting out and vacuuming, just well, vacuuming, yeah, that helps. Uh, but move, and that's just, you could just be robust in your vacuuming. You don't have to be a marathon runner. Who hates marathon runners? Who hates those people that get to work and they're like, oh, yeah, I did 21Ks this morning. Yeah, that's me. I'm the 21K guy. And uh, I like to run. I don't know why. I just like it. It hurts and it's long and it's enduring, but it's something about that. But for me, you know, whatever it is, just, just move more and create areas to increase your mobility. You know, Look at your eating habits. Are you being active? Are you, are you putting to work your eating habits or are you being lazy with your eating habits? Because nutrition is such a vital role. And like I, I could, we could spend hours on every one of these points, but it's not the context of the platform, I believe, to talk about these things. Number two, simple, just stay hydrated. You know, water should be our first point of call, not coffee. Can I get an amen from anyone? Oh, okay, well, that's it. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for our time together. I've clearly preached heresy. And uh, like, at the end of last year, I, I realized, took, took, took talk, uh, stock take of my own life and realized I was probably downing about 20 plus cups of coffee a week. Hey, I get up at 4 a.m. Don't judge me, all right? You, you get that stone and that log out of your own eye before you start casting stones up here, okay? Right, I start work at 5.30, so the alarm goes up at 4.03. So don't be, don't be judging me from the crowd, all right? Not out loud anyway. Be a Christian and do it silently. And uh, So I'm like, man, like this thing, man, this thing's becoming a master in my life. Like, you know, if I've got to have a coffee to keep going, then this thing's taking control of mine. I'm not, I'm not putting this out on anyone. This is my own personal self-judgment of my own life. And so I just thought, you know what? We, and we went away for Christmas, and there was no coffee. It was the most miserable Christmas I've ever had. I just had a headache for three days. But then I rose like Jesus in the resurrected body, coffee free. And uh, so now I only, I, I'm like, I'm down to three cups a week. And I enjoy those three cups a week so much. You got to understand, man. It's like, man, I like, 
Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just, it's not, I, I've renamed my calendar Monday, Tuesday, coffee day, Thursday, coffee day, Saturday, coffee day. And, uh, but for me, it's, so, I, so I just started drinking heaps more water, just pumping in water. Why? Because that's how our body's designed. It's 80%, 90%, whatever of water. So I got to take the coffee levels down, the caffeine levels down. As you can see, I've had two coffees this morning, so it works so much better when you don't. Number four is get some sleep, folks. Just get some sleep. You're designed to sleep. I should have had the amen on that one, right? But, you know, for me, in my context, six and a half hours is most nights. So I normally nana nap. Where's all the nana nappers? Come on, all the moms and, you know. So I pick my kids up from school and uh, we do homework and, and reading. But So by four o'clock, I've... I've I've done two to three hours of exercise, worked an eight-hour day, picked the kids up from school, cooked dinner, and now I'm doing homework. And there's nothing that lulls me into a deep sleep like my kids trying to read. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Dad, are you awake? And I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm gone. So, but get some sleep. Your body needs to recover after each day. If you're being industrious, if you're actually, you know, using your body to, to honor God and to be, be a hard worker in life, whether it's at home or in, in the workplace or whatever, you need sleep. You need to recover each day. And so choose to be active and not lazy. Uh, Ecclesiastes 10, through laziness, the rafters sag. And it ain't just the rafters that sag through loneliness, laziness. Can I get an amen from anybody, right? You know, it's like, whoa, these, these, this never used to be down here. It used to be up here. And these, these, these things around here were never uh, such, you know, handle-like objects. And, uh, but here, here's the reality. The World Health Organization say that the major causes of chronic diseases are known. And if these risk factors were eliminated at least 80% of all heart disease, stroke, and type 2 diabetes would be prevented, and 40% of cancer would be prevented if we just moved a little bit more and ate better and drunk water. It's not rocket science, guys. It's just real simple. Second thing, the second choice you've got to make is when it comes to your body, are you going to be faithful or wicked? Yeah, so it's just, you know, are you going to be faithful or wicked? It's your choice. God lets you eat from whatever tree you want to eat from. But we reap the consequence, amen? And so, so the beauty is with our bodies, we can either serve God faithfully with it or we can serve our own desires and our own appetites. Let me read this, this passage from Romans chapter 7 as the band comes. And uh, I might get you guys to do that second song. Not that the third song wasn't any good. It was great. But I just like the name of Jesus. Can I get an Amen. All right, so Romans 7, this is the Apostle Paul, right? This is the guy who's all spirit. This is the guy that book, wrote the book of Romans. Like, it's all about the spirit of God. This is the guy who spoke in tongues more than anyone. Listen to what he says. He, he says, I found then a law. In other words, I found something that's, that's this, is, this is a real truth. He says that evil is present within me, the one who wills to do good. So he says, I, I try to do good, but I've, I've realized this truth that there is a war within me. So let's look at the war within the Apostle Paul. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. So my spirit and my soul, they, they're, they're, they're hungry for God. They, they want to serve God, but I see another law in my members. He's talking about his physical being here. 
warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into the captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. It's a powerful verse, but there's this constant paradox of having died to sin, yet sin seemingly still so alive in my heart and in my body and the desires and the, the, the lusts and the want of the, the physical body. It's like, why, don't these, why aren't these things, why am I not dead to sin by now? I've been a Christian for 15 years. Surely I've done, why, why is it? The reason is, is because there's this tension there's this war that goes on. Oscar Wilde says, I can resist anything except temptation, which is deeply profound. So recently I've been investigating the physiology of sin. How does my humanness create a habit of sin in my life? And, and I, I, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm, I'm you know... I'm just a guy that runs a gym, basically. But I, I realized that when you sin, I've learned this, it feels good. True? I'm the only one that has sin that feels good. Man, you're missing out. You need to do better in your sin, right? It feels good. That's why we do it. Because it's that self-gratification over Heavenly Father glorification that we're seeking in that moment. And so what happens when, when we sin and, and there's, there's, there's a physical element to it, whether it's uh, in whatever context, it could be, you know, lusts of the heart. It could be gossip out of the mouth. It could be, what we, there's a whole range of sins we could go through, but we don't need to. It creates a response in your body. It produces a, a chemical response in your body. So it feels good to sin. And so what happens is we, we do it again. Anyone ever sinned twice? Now we're in a real church. Of course we do. Anyone ever kept repeating the same sin? Isn't that the most deflating? It's like, man, God, why am I not overcoming this yet? How come I haven't beaten this yet? And part of the reason, not all of the reason, but part of the reason is because we've created a physiology. We've created a pathway that when we're tired or stressed, or whatever the precursor to that always leads to that sin is we've created a pathway so that oh, when I get stressed at work, I, I overeat and I go into gluttony. So gluttony is not a real sin, James. Okay, right. It's just reading my Bible, right? Or whatever it is, There's a, we create a normative pathway that our body creates these dopamine responses. And so... We have precursors that lead us when we've created this pathway. So every time this happens, or I feel this, or I'm in this place, or I'm in this position, or I'm alone by myself, or whatever, the, the, my, I've created a pattern. My, my, my actual, I, I, I've lost control of it. I don't even need to think about it. And all of a sudden I'm in sin because you've created a normative pathway to sin. The Bible says when sin is conceived, gives birth to death. But I'm grateful that through the power of Jesus Christ, 
we can overcome every sin, amen? That we can actually break that path of sin in our lives through the cross and through confession of that sin, we can actually break the power of it. So that we no longer have to live in that raging war of the inward man wants to serve God, but the outward man wants to be lazy or apathetic or slanderous or gossip-like or, or lustful or greedy or whatever. We can actually overcome those sins in our life. And it's only through Jesus Christ, amen. I love you to stand to your feet. And I want you to begin to think about the person and the finished work of Jesus. And we're going to pray for people in just a moment. Because I found that Jesus cares about your physical body. And if you're sick today, for whatever reason has led to that sickness, I believe the mercies of God are new every morning and that His Spirit is present to heal. Scripture says that wherever Jesus went, the Spirit was present to heal. So when we come to church, we've got to come with the expectation, one, that the presence of Jesus is in this place. And if the presence of Jesus is in this place, then the Spirit of God is present to heal. So in a moment, if you're sick, we're going to get the ministry team just to lay hands on you and pray. And we've got to understand that Jesus is concerned with your, your healing, and your well-being this morning. There are approximately 37 miracles of Jesus recorded in the New Testament or in the Gospels, of which over 20 of them are physical healings. So at least, you know, 22 or 23 of His 37 miracles are physical. They're about your body, your well-being, you experiencing a fullness of life with as little limitation as possible. Now, I know we live in a fallen world and this body is subject to that. And it's never going to be fully glorified in this life. I understand that completely. But I believe the Spirit of God is present here today to heal. But before we ask you to maybe come forward and as the worship team sing, you, you, you may never have really dealt with the issue of sin in your life. So let me help you understand this. Everybody's a sinner. We've all sinned, Scripture says. That's, the, that's the, the premise of our belief. That all have sinned and fallen short of God's grace and glory and goodness. But that Jesus Christ came and bore our sin. He took it upon Himself. He paid the full price for it so that we didn't have to live by ourselves or through ourselves or on our own, that we could be bought with His blood. That we, as Christians, talk about the cross and the resurrection so that we could be free from that sin, from that struggle of our humanity, from that constant tension of doing right and wrong, but we could actually walk in His mercies and His grace. So if you've never really made that commitment wholeheartedly. Right now, I'd love you just to begin to consider if that's where you're at and if now is your moment to say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I need your, your grace. I need your love in my life. 
And if that's you, why don't you just lift your hand and I just, I'm not going to ask you to do anything else but other than just lift your hand so I might be able to recognise that. I don't know everybody in the room. Is there anybody here this morning? That's you. You're like, I just, I just need Jesus. I need to know more about this, this life that you're talking about. And I'm only going to spend like 10 more seconds. And there's a team at the back, I'm sure after the service, near the guest area in the back left-hand corner behind you. And you can talk to them if you need to know more about Jesus. Some of you this morning, you, just, you, you already got Jesus, but you might just need to repent. Okay, you know what? With my physical being, I've been a bit lazy. Maybe I've been, been a bit wicked. And that's not a condemnation thing. That's a freedom thing. There's no condemnation from me or anybody in this service today. Because that's not the Spirit of Christ. It's just freedom. That, that God wants to call you back off the path you're on and into the ways of righteousness. But right now, if you need healing in your body, worship team are going to sing. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Ryan, myself and the ministry team. We're going to pray and believe God for your healing this morning. So, hey, if you need prayer, please, please come forward and we'll pray. Thank you, Pastor Ryan. Wonderful word. Wasn't that great? Why don't we give James a hand? Beautiful. It's good. Man, I'm going to go out and have a glass of water. Move. So good. Hey, we'd love to do just as he said. I it's something that's uh, been spoken out a couple of times, and we're really believing for physical healing uh, throughout this year. So if there's anything in your body, and you might even just put it down to, oh, I did that. So because I caused that, that's my bad. I deserve what I've got. That, again, Sim would tell you that, that, uh, you know, we're all, we're all broken. But I want to tell you that, that God offers healing anyway, whether you made some poor decisions or not. You know, but if there's anything in your body at all that just isn't working, isn't operating, we want to believe with you that you'd be healed. So the ministry team are going to come out and lay hands on you, and uh, we believe that you'll receive healing. Uh, and I also want to do this in our groups this week as well. So uh, being groups, and we just want to press on this a little bit, healing in our bodies. Amen. So uh, we're going to play, sing for a little bit. If you want to come forward for prayer, that'd be awesome. If you raise your hand one to two when you didn't quite get there uh, come forward with a friend as well and we'd love to pray for you uh, be blessed um, enjoy the coffee if it's your one coffee this week make the most of it <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week and don't forget church picnic next week it's going to be fun thank you James <laughs>